Welcome to the Marin Hour, a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of local business owners and their journey to entrepreneurship. Every week, we'll bring you the inspiring and sometimes challenging tales of individuals who have turned their passion into a thriving enterprise. From the initial idea to overcoming obstacles and building a successful team, these business owners have a wealth of experience and knowledge to share. Tune in as we delve into the unique experiences of each guest and learn what it takes to turn a dream into reality. So join us as we celebrate the hardworking and innovative spirit of small town business owners. My name is Paymon and this is the Marin Hour. everybody welcome to the marin hour we are here in fairfax california at the wuwei tea temple i'm here with a very special guest tracy ginsburg with a z tracy hi hi payman how are you great i'm so happy to have you here this is one of my favorite places to visit i come here with my friends my family we enjoy tea good times i've had a lot of special moments here so it was very important for me to have you as a guest on this show it's such an honor to host you, your family, and all the incredible fun times we've had over the years. Thank you. All right, Tracy, I, we've had a talk before sort of about how you got to this point where you opened up this business. And I love the story, and I want the world to hear it. I think Marin County needs to hear this beyond even Marin County. So um, I want to first off give you a chance to sort of go over with the viewers what the tea temple means to you what this space is so i'll give you the, the time to talk about that the tea temple for me is is a place where people really get to experience the other side of the coin of uh doing 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 and needing to do more i i honestly believed when i first set out to start the tea house i wanted a place that was all about non-doing effortless doing which is what Wu Wei is about and i felt that in our culture where we're striving so much to essentially to to build the ladder to, to mars um we're not taking care of ourselves in the process we we've we've we're so into uh uh, the connection of our devices that we we haven't learned how to really connect with one another. And I felt that what I wanted to do in the second half of my life was to, to have a place where I could hang out and connect with people and, and flourish other meaningful connections. Totally. I love that. And I think as I grow older, I'm 30 years old now, I, I realize the value of community and how important that is. I think it, a lot of people, as you say, they're just so stuck in that day to day and they're stressed and they don't know how to relieve stress. And I think community is such an important part of, you know, taking the stress level down, just getting out. So you've created a space for that. What were you doing before the Tea Temple? What, what sort of led you to the idea of this? Well, I, I, I had a career in sales and, uh, and so I would, I'm, I manage national accounts, so I'd fly out, meet with my clients, and uh, you know, work on proposals, pitch them things. Sometimes they'd buy, sometimes they wouldn't buy. But uh, after, I, and I worked for three different startups, which got acquired by public companies, and um, and the last startup that was hired by, that we got acquired by a public company, they ended up closing our division. So I got packaged out, which was just an incredible gift. 
uh, and I say that because it, it was a gift. You know, if if I took a job within a, s a certain period of time, my um, my my package would diminish. So it really forced you to like really enjoy the package time. And in that in that time, I really got to dream about more of what I wanted to do in my life. And uh, one of the things that was apparent to me, especially after having read Joseph Campbell and Follow Your Bliss, I was like, well, what's my bliss? Mm. And I was looking at my 20-year-long career in sales, and I'm like, well, my bliss has always been not so much closing the business, or uh, it, was, it was always hanging out with the clients, where we really got to like drop into meaningful conversations, have it be over the lunch or the dinner table, and really get to know more about who each other were. That was like, oh, that's definitely my bliss. And I was like, you got to be crazy. You cannot create a job around hanging out. Like, who's going to want to pay to hang out with you? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, guess there's no market opportunity in that. Definitely not true. You are. I come here for you, Tracy, and we've had some good conversations. And I love always seeing you. When you're not here, it's a bummer. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so now you're out of you're you've moved on from the sales job, and and you're thinking of things that you want, your bliss, happiness, this and that. How did this spark? I I had been thinking about that for a long time. Even when I was in corporate, I was unraveling, and and I knew I wanted to do something that was different, but I didn't know what. Like, I, I didn't see it anywhere around me. Like, I couldn't point to it like, oh, that's what I want to be next, or that's the sort of thing I want to do. And and so I was I was just always like, wah, wah, it's just not there. And then these were golden handcuffs. I wasn't just going to walk away from that career, uh, especially with the financial obligations that I had. And so so I felt trapped in a way until I got packaged out. So all I knew, yep, so all I knew for the longest time was what I didn't want to do next. I didn't know what I did want to do. And, um, and I kept trying all these different kinds of techniques to find out what I did want to do. And then uh, one day, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure of time having passed, and I'm in the bathtub, which is always where I did all my biggest visualization. And I'm taking a hot bath, and I'm like laying in this tub, and I'm asking myself the same question I feel like I've been asking myself for years, but a little differently this time. I said, if I had all the money in the world, every last dime of it, what would I be doing right now besides laying in this bathtub? And then I, I saw myself, you know, back in San Francisco in a tea house with the sun on my back. I'm, I'm reading a book. I'm, I'm drinking a cup of tea. Same spot I'd sat in a million times before, a cafe I, I was familiar with. And I'm like, that's not useful. I'm not moving back to San Francisco. I just slipped into that tub and felt sorry for myself. And oh, I still can't find it. <laughs> and then about 45 minutes later, it, probably after I, I swapped out the bathwater again, I, a thought crossed my mind for the first time. There's no tea house in Marin. As soon as I had that thought, I was like, I can do that. Mm. And then I'm like, wait, there's no like late night, like elixir bar, place that doesn't serve alcohol. And I'm like, I can do that. There's no place you can go that has like open mic, you know, like things that are just like without the griminess of a bar. And I'm like, yes, an elixir bar, you know, like things where we can do herbal concoctions and and or and play with cacao. I was like, oh my gosh, I could 
pull all my dreams, all the things I love into one house mm -hmm. and, and just play in that, in that field. Totally. And were you, uh, before this, were, how, how were you involved with like tea and cacao and herbs? Were you using that a lot in your day to day? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I, uh, I'd already, I was familiar with European style drinking chocolate. And I uh, remember years earlier, I'd been up to a place in Portland and had some there. And I was like, this is just incredible. I can't believe, I can't believe pe more people aren't doing this. And, um, and I dabbled in herbalism. So I'd already been making a lot of herbal concoctions at my house. And, um, and so I already knew a lot of the plants, uh, the adaptogens and the nervines. And I'm like, oh, I can just stick with what I've been utilizing, the, the things I've been helping myself de-stress and, and helping myself relax while I was working in the corporate world. Why don't I just, rather than try and create things that I'm not familiar with, just work within my own wheelhouse? Sure, sure. I think that's honestly the smartest way to go about it, and, and I, I love it. And it, you spoke about you know, giving a space that is open later in the night that isn't a bar. And, and that's what I like about this place so much. I don't drink often. I can't. Like, if I drink, I'm hungover for three days straight. And it's 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 a mess. And so this gives me and my friends, you know, because my friends are like-minded as well. And we come here on a Friday night. And this is our party, you know. And you do you do a lot of events here too, which I love. Like you do you have music, you have open mics, the, the trivia night. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. even kickball people. <laughs> There's a community kickball game that happens every other week. Right now it's on pause, I think, because we're working out a field thing, we're working right? Working out a field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll be back. <laughs> so Tracy, leading up from the idea to the opening of this. Can you talk a little bit about the the process you took? Like, what was what were some of the first steps in organizing this business plan and getting it off the ground? Oh. Um, okay, so it would have been in July, in the middle of July of 2013, when I had the vision in the bathtub. Uh, by the end of August of that same year, like six weeks later, I'd written the business plan. I'd uh, pulled all my money together, and I formed the corporation, uh, which we are. And I thought, oh, six weeks doing that. I'm not going to have a problem finding a location. It actually would take me a little over a year to find the location. And, and then it would take uh, several more months, like closer to seven, eight months, to, to do the build-out. And uh, so it's, it was much, everything bec would become a much longer process than I ever imagined. But at the end, you know, from, let's say, July uh, of, of 2013 until May 16 of 2015, when, when we actually opened, that would be the longest amount of time I'd ever held on to a dream for myself. Mm. And um, because I, I had been making dreams come true for other people all along, but this was my first dream that I was putting out into the world that I wanted to do for myself, yeah. you know, honoring like the second half of my life, which is where I am. And, um, and that how I'm not chasing the dollar bill anymore, but I'm rather um, wanting to be in community mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and living like a humbler life in a, in a, in a certain sense. Right, right. And yeah, you know, when you talk about holding on to a dream of your own for, for that long, that requires a ton of patience. Mm -hmm. And I think entrepreneurs, one thing a lot of them lack is patience because if, if, the, if the why, the reason you're going for something, right, is strong enough, you, you're going to hold on to it. But how, how, how did you remind yourself? Because I know everyone has those days where it feels too much. 
it was my intuition. I, you know, I was, I was looking for locations here, and it was just so limited, the amount of locations in Marin. Most of them were in malls. Where were, yeah, where were you we, looking? Like, I'm so I, curious. I, I, Everywhere, you know, okay. it's just like in Marin. I felt my my gut instinct was telling me Marin needed this the most. However, it would have been so much easier to put it up in Petaluma or in Sebastopol. And trust me, there would be some days when I'd be looking at property here, and and I'd be thinking to myself like, I, I, this place has, you know. It, we're essentially too good for it. My dream is too good for it. But I want to prove to other people that I can do this and uh, really forcing it. And for whatever reason, it just kept falling through. And um, and then, you know, in bad days, I would like, all right, well, maybe you need to go up to Petaluma and go check out their, their stuff up there. And I, I, yeah, the beautiful stuff. You could do it right on the water. You know, people that would be more ready for tea at this time. Um, this is this is seven and a half years ago. And but my gut was telling me Marin needs this the most. And uh, and so that was really what I was pushing for, uh, even though. I felt like the market was stronger up in those areas. Sure. People were just are, were just so dry over here with what what's available to us mm-hmm. besides just working hard and raising a family. Mm-hmm. And I think this place is such a grounding place for Marin County, uh, the community here. I think it sort of reminds people to take a step back and focus on what really matters, and it gives people the opportunity to figure what really matters out in a really safe space. uh, Do you remember the first time you saw this property? Oh, yeah. Oh, please tell me about that, because that must have felt cool. Yeah. So... uh one of the things I'd been doing before I opened the tea house was I was working the farmer's markets and I was selling my teas at the farmer's right here market. here in Fairfax. Yep. I had the Fairfax one. I had one in Point Reyes and one in San Rafael. Cool. And, and that was keeping me you know, engaged. And mainly what it was about, less about selling the teas and more about this basket of questions that I had, which asking people, like, simple questions like, how could you love yourself more or something like that. People thought they were taking away, um, you know, a, a card that they could buy something with later, but really it was just a question. And so whenever they grabbed one of those, I was like, oh, oh, I'm curious, what kind of question is on it? And I'd written all these questions myself, community engagement. Uh And that's how I was reading how much I'd really connect with people and how important connection was for me and and where I was feeling the most strongest connections. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that here in Fairfax as well. And um, and I, I saw it on Craigslist that this place was becoming available. It was already uh, an art gallery, and I'd been driving by it. And I'd always loved this stretch of SFD. You know, it's just these, like, cute little shops. It's just adorable. And I was like, no way. And... uh, and so I, I, I sent I sent a note and I'm like explaining that I'm already in the farmers market here and da 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 right. da, um, and I have an architect that I would like to just come in with quickly and you know and, and uh, which is uh, Jeff Kroons and uh, and we looked at it and, oh, and we were just like instantly and like this is it yes, this is it that's this is so it. cool this is it and and it was wonderful it was like just like he started renting it out or he started looking for a new lease tenant about two months before uh, the other people were moving out. Gotcha. Okay. So you had a couple months to sort of plan things out and get everything it, uh, So I thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so tell me about the opening. <laughs> well, I didn't... 
I, so I was um, planning on selling tea, you know, I, so I go to the planning department like you're supposed to. And, and they're like, yep, this is, this is commercial. You can do anything you want there. I'm like, great. And so, you know, I, I um, get all my paperwork in, you know, submit it to the town. And, you know, now it's, it's November time, something like that. And, and they're like, oh, you're planning on doing wholesale tea too? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, and then, like, you know, where you weigh the tea out and you sell it, like, you want to bring some home. Mm -hmm. And they're like, uh, that has to go to a town council meeting. It has to be voted on. And the holidays are coming up, so we won't even be able to do that until January. Hmm. And so now all everything has been moved back gotcha. uh, two to three months for me. So this wasn't even supposed to be a tea house originally. No, no I could do tea. They just said I couldn't sell, couldn't weighted, sell weighted tea. Gotcha. You gotcha. know, and but I'm like, I, I argued. I'm like, but you go to a coffee house and you can buy a pound right. of, of uh, all day. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, nope. Uh, you have you have to submit, and you, there's, it's going to have to be voted on. Oh. <laughs> Did they give you a reason for that? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The surprises, and mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that I would learn, like because it was my first rodeo. I'd never sure. done food service before. Mm -hmm. Closest I'd ever gotten was watching it on TV. Right. And uh, <laughs> and so I'm like, and, and you know, you watch Cheers on TV, and you're like, well, Dan, can, you know, if these people can do it, I can definitely do this. Tracy, uh, okay, before we go a little more into the opening and forward from there. When you when you were growing up, were your parents entrepreneurs? No, no, not okay. At all. It's, it's very interesting. You know, normally when I like listen to podcasts, entrepreneurs speaking, they they come from that. So you you developed this on your own, and you you built that strength and that resilience all on your own, and that's fascinating. I I only have a high school diploma. Amazing. I never went to college. When I was 18, I decided to go work for Greenpeace. And I would, and then so I'd work for nonprofits, uh, Greenpeace, and then International Rivers Network, and then IDEX, International Development Exchange. And then I, from there, like I think around 97, 1997, I, I, I wanted to go work for dot-coms because I'd been volunteering, teaching, computer. So I'm somebody who has chutzpah, you know. For and, sure. And for drive. Sure. And do you think that's something your parents instilled in you oh, growing absolutely. up? Oh, yeah. absolutely. I come from a working class family. Cool. And uh, where my mom worked in factories. and So hustle was hustle. big time and, around the family. And, you know, working hard was valued. I'm, I'm a New Englander. And so um, there's the New England work ethic, which I always joke about, but it's, it's kind of serious. Like, like it, it, you're uh, what the New England work ethic is is let's say it's before work you're like out there using a chainsaw and you chop down a tree and you accidentally cut off your arm. Mm -hmm. What you do is you stick it in a plastic bag, you take it to work with you, <laughs> and it's not until a third person that tells you, you know, you should really go to the <laughs> hospital and you shouldn't be here right now that it actually sinks in. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. I, you're right. I mean, I should just go to the hospital, <laughs> huh? <laughs> I love that. I think it's so important to have that switch where you can just turn off feelings a little bit when it's necessary mm -hmm. to sort of push through a hurdle because I, I find myself getting sometimes lost in, uh, you know, this like cycle of what it's my uncle calls it um, paralysis by analysis. You know, you get something in, in your head, a, a hurdle, and you just overthink it, but you got to push past it. And I think that's what it takes to open up a business like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so now fast forward, you've opened up and stuff. I know the first year must have been tough and there was probably challenges you would never had to face in your life before. 
I want to hear about that. All right. So, so the first year, so let's just say when I opened up the doors, I would have spent already $100,000 just to get this place open. And everybody's like, you know, you don't, don't, don't spend all your money up front. Um, but I, I essentially, I, I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I felt the greatest high I'd ever felt in my life, which was this, this body sensation of all in. It, like, I put all my, my eggs into this basket, and, um, and I didn't have a plan B. And, and I didn't realize how much peace and freedom that would give my mind, and just just, just absolute high that I was riding for a good, strong six months. I didn't lose any money. You know, I managed my costs really well. And, um, and my expenses, you know, the whole thing is I go, I, I wouldn't take any salary until three months in. And so, so just like fendangling as I'm growing the business. And then I'd hire my first full-time employee in October. And, and so how, how far along was that in October? Uh, so I opened in May. In May okay, and, so you're and, in. And, like and I had people helping me out. Yeah. Right, uh, right, right. More volunteering than anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and then occasionally with, with uh, event nights or something like that, I'd, I'd hire people mm-hmm. uh, to help out. But then come October, I would hire Cassidy Russell, and then I would expand my hours as soon as I had him. And so I, th- I think I hired him in the beginning of October. Gotcha. And then two months later, I'd make my next hire. Mm. And then two months later, my next hire. It starts snowballing. Yep, it starts snowballing. I didn't realize that as soon as I had a hire, I could make more money. Right. And more money and more money. Mm-hmm. They, they, they always paid for themselves. And then it would also come, it would also happen that way with, a, I remember it was a few years into the business because I've been doing the cleaning as well too. And then I'm like, well, well, you know, this is just going to be an expense. But no, it, it actually would bring in more revenue. Gotcha. And I, I don't know if it was because I became more available or what have you, but I found that each time I made a hire, I would also expand in right. revenue. One thing I love about this place is the employees you have here. I think everyone is so kind and knowledgeable about the product here. I know Elsa, who works here, is phenomenal, and she, she's become a really good friend while I'm here. I talk to her and stuff, and anytime I have a question, she goes really in-depth about what I'm asking, and I, and I love that. And so talk to me a little bit about your hiring process. The ethos. And so, uh, yeah, I, we play a different game here. Um, nobody... Uh, wants to be managed mm-hmm. and a lot of our staff is former management in, in past restaurants gotcha. and so um and and nobody wants to manage other people mm-hmm. so the whole strategy here is to hire really experienced people don't like to be told what to do mm-hmm. and don't like to tell others what to do because mm-hmm. they just they're just here to get the job done right. you okay. you pay them well mm-hmm. and you don't you don't overwork them so uh, everybody that works here works five-hour shifts, but you get paid for six hours, okay. and uh, and then and and you get paid pretty well, and and you're encouraged to um, to own it from your gut, yeah. you know. And if you if a question comes up, if or a challenge comes up, to manage that challenge as though you own the business. And so uh, one of the things that we're looking at doing is changing the structure of the business. Uh, 
back in, into uh, profit sharing for all the employees, for the all the employees that want to have employee stakes get that. Wow. I mean, the, the, really, the business is is for the employees. Mm -hmm. You look at the world out out here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um. You know, things. It's it's last alive character of uh, of the individual and the uniqueness, and uh, but not everybody is meant for the cubicle. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to be able to have spaces like this, which are amazing for customers to come into mm -hmm. and even more amazing for people to work at. Sure. And uh, where you feel your value and you feel valued and honored and, uh, and encouraged to grow and how we can set up the structures for people to grow in whatever way they want to. Mm -hmm. And that, that comes through so much through your employees. I've had such good experiences with everybody here. Yeah, we have a lot of people over three years here <laughs> yeah, at the <Tea> House. <laughs> definitely, yeah. I know I've been coming here probably since, when was COVID? That was 2020? 19, yeah, it, uh, beginning of 20. I think 19 is when I started coming here, 2019. And yeah, so I've seen a few people and, and I love them all. Everybody's so kind. Tracy, so we're we're at sort of the first years past. You're, you're picking up more employees. Everything's sort of opening up. Uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about success and failure. People fear both and it always holds them back. And so I wanted to talk to you about sort of how you... Um, dealt with the fear of success, fear of failure? Where, where did your mind go with that? So when I, when I realized I was all in on the business, I, and you know, the thoughts of success and failure had already come up so many times in my mind. You know, um, you know I put my ego on the line just to, just to create this. You know, my fear, my biggest fear in the beginning was uh, not making my dream into reality then I felt like that would be my failure because people would see me as like, oh, she can't, she's all talk, she's no action. Uh, so once I did open, I set up a new metric for myself, which, would, which was um, I realized that Mark Watts, Alan Watts' son, lived in Marin. And, uh, and Alan Watts was someone who had written a lot. He was a theologian on, on Wu Wei, on, on the topic of Wu Wei and Taoism and stuff like that. So my idea of success was if Mark Watts liked the tea house, then it was a huge success. Then it's a go. That, 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 was a, that, was, that, was, that was it. And so here we are in the first year of being open, and I get this customer that comes in. Uh, I do believe her name is Lily, Lily Watts. It's Mark's daughter. Wow. And so the story starts circulating. And uh, and it would be like another year or so before Mark walks in for the first time. No way. Yep. And and then and then we would have like the um, Alan Watts Foundation meetings would, would be happening here. Wow. And so a lot of the employees would be here. And now we have Nora who works here. And Nora also works for the Alan Watts Foundation. Amazing. And, and so I met her through those meetings, and I was just like, I, I want to hire you. <laughs> yeah. And so um, once I set up that success metric, uh -huh. I never set up another one. Gotcha. And uh, because really, really what this whole thing is about is community. And so if at some moment in time the community is like, this isn't what we need anymore, then then it's time that the tea house move on. And that's okay, right? Absolutely, because yeah. everything has its time. Sure. 
And, uh, and so you don't want to be forcing anything. You just want to be in that effortless flow, which is what Wu Wei is really all about. I, my buddy sent me a, uh, an excerpt from a book he was reading. I forget the name of the book, but it, w- it went over the direct translation of Wu Wei. And it was, I forget what it was. It was something about uh, not, non-action or something like that. E- what is effortless it? action. Effortless action. So it's really where the master plays, gotcha. where there's no mind involved in the action. And, uh, and so where you're just you're doing it. And, and in that expression of doing it, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and things are flowing in such a potent way and, uh, that you, you, you can't, um, you just like are amazed how, how it's even happening. And then at a moment, another moment in time, you might want to recreate that, but you can't because you're forcing it. Sure. So there has, there really has to be no mind involved gotcha. in order to reach that state. Got it. Very cool. Tracy, what, what is the future of the tea temple? Do you think, what, what do you want to expand on here? What are, and, and you might not have these things. Maybe we're going in the present, in the moment. But is there anything in your in your head about what you want to do in the future with this? Well, more of them, perhaps. Mo- well, <laughs> perhaps that would all be up to the staff. Sure. And uh, and and then it's it's about right locations mm-hmm. too. You know, when you have a town like Fairfax that's already ready for magic, you can have a tea house like this. So other places that where people escape to to receive the magic, a, a tea house would absolutely work like this. But where I see is more engagement around uh, adventuring together. You know, right now, you know, we got the, like, as you mentioned before, the kickball. Yeah. Uh, and, but imagine if we did other projects, you know, like, um, I don't know, like we took people into the outdoors. And, uh, and and then we get to really deepen our connections with each other mm-hmm. and and or we we create a project together mm-hmm. you know uh, involving customers it we're another like level of deeper connection and so for me it, it just keeps on going back to something that's extremely meaningful for the souls so that we can we can keep evolving as humans because it's just like if all we're doing is working to pay the mortgage or oh sorry about that or you know (laughs) (laughs) you know that it's just like there's there's more meaningful things we could be adding totally and uh, that doesn't always have to be so closely attached to a dollar bill amount and that's those are some of the places where i want to explore and uh you know, because the business does well, yeah. why not share that? Yeah, in enrich a the community way. even more, right? It, yeah. yeah, or at I least some of the people that. in the community that that really need those deeper those deeper connections. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, do you want to speak a little bit about some of the events that you host here? Because I love love the events. I haven't. I still haven't come to trivia night. And it's on my on my agenda. That's tonight. I know. I have a dinner I have to go to tonight, but I'm coming in one of these weeks. So uh, I'd love if you want to share with everybody some of the events that we do on a regular basis here. And so every Sunday night, we host an open mic. Uh, Rick Hardin does that, and that's from 7 until 9.30. This is a community event, meaning that it's two songs or 10 minutes, and anyone can, can bring pretty much anything to the stage. Uh, we even hosted it during uh, COVID, so we never stopped hosting it. Uh, we just moved it to Zoom, 
and we we closed our business like at six or whatever the time four or six I can't remember and then we uh, do open mic a couple hours after we completely clean the place and people that didn't have access to a computer at home or to get onto Zoom they waited and they would perform in here and we just kept on on doing mm -hmm, broadcasting and so we didn't operate as a business like no commerce no no food sales nothing like that it was just our open mic and really wanting to keep keep people connected to each other and to their art um, the other events that we do is uh, as you mentioned uh, we have trivia we do free movies every Wednesday here in the back garden that's what the screens for so we show outdoor films uh, with free movies popcorn nutritional yeast blankets and hot water bottles and you get to snuggle up and watch an outdoor film it's almost all cult classics so not things you're really gonna find anywhere else but it's really an opportunity to just to be with one another and um, and then a lot of the music that we do here is world music, and so that's what has a tendency to resonate the most. Definitely, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I was here recently for the uh, the Halloween event. Oh, yeah. Awesome! Like you guys do events every once in a while with like a DJ, yep. and it's this total party in yep. here and costume party, costume party, party DJ, party, DJ, and it's it, and you guys don't charge for tickets. Nope. People nope. just come in and you, I know you do a donation basket, which I love. Like, I think that's yep. such a cool thing. It gives back to the artists and stuff. So with the, with the house events, like the uh -huh. DJ, um, that's, that's open to the whole community. Whoever, whoever comes by, there's no fee for it whatsoever. Um, I pay for the DJ and, and I feel like that's what, I grew up with in the in the late '80s, early '90s was living room parties. You know, you get you have a friend, and you like I I would always um, make uh, those mixtapes and uh -huh. like go to a friend's house and like pop them in, like, kind of totally change their music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we're making this a dance party. <laughs> And so, so it, for for me, this is like a living room here, and uh, and bringing back that vibe. We all know how to dance around the coffee table. Oh and yeah, make it happen, and yeah. it's just something that just makes it really authentic. It's and comfortable it's, when you're dancing in there. I yeah. I'm not a dancer, but when when Halloween night, I was cutting a rug in there, <laughs> and I was having a good time doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, do you have any ideas of some of the other events you'd want to do in the future? I know you mentioned like an outdoor walk. I think you oh, guys yeah. used to do a, uh, we a do plant nature walk, walk, right? Yeah, nature we walk. do plant yeah. walks, and those are all coming back. Okay. No, this would be a couple days in nature. Oh, okay. Backpacking. Got it. Okay. Yeah, like where wow. you really get to experience uh, vulnerability mm. and not knowing and building a fire together. And, I love that you idea. You know, just really where you get more exposure into nature and using nature as as a healer and um, and really carving out the time for something like that I, I feel I feel that people people you know could really benefit from it and and it, it could be a lot of fun it could be a lot of fun yeah count me in yeah I'm definitely <laughs> in uh, Tracy do you want to sort of say any final words about this place what it means to you and and I I hope you know I, I'm I hope you're proud of yourself because you crushed it with this place. It gets better and better every time I come here. So I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm so happy to have you as our first guest on this show. Oh thank you for God. being oh, a part I, that of this. Oh, that is such an honor. Really, it truly means a <laughs> thank lot Thank you. Me. Yeah. Thank you. Well, the only thing I want to touch on is that this is a heart-led space. And, and it's we play in the land of unconditional love. 
and uh, acceptance and understanding. And that's really, that's a big part of our ethos. And we want, um, you know, we, we know how challenging life is and how hard it can be for one to love themselves. And what we really do is we've created a magical environment to encourage one to leave their ego as best as they can at the door and to walk in here with awe and wonder. And, and in that space, we're here to receive you and honor you and just like celebrate you. And, uh, and that's really what, what it's all about is celebrating each other. Everybody here wants everyone else to win. And, and that's how we play. Awesome. Yeah. So everyone listening to this, watching this, make it out to the Tea Temple, downtown Fairfax. Uh, do you want to say the address? Oh, yeah. 1820 Sir Francis Drake, right across from the movie theater next to the auto body shop. Make your way over here, people. It's the best. <laughs> All right, Tracy. Thank, thank you, you so Taylor. much again. Oh, this fantastic. meant so much to me. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, Thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode. We hope you had a good time listening. Tracy and the Tea Temple are very special to me. So I hope you get a chance to go visit them. And if you are a business that operates in or around Marin County, please get in touch with me. My email is themarinhour at gmail.com. We would love to have you on the show. Anyway, till next week.